SRN Survival Radio Network. And you're listening to Thank the Grief, It's Friday on the Survival Radio Network. I hope you had a blessed week. I hope that it's filled with peace and joy and light. Lots of stuff has been going on in the world, and I wanted to send out some special prayers to Australia and um Especially there has been a lot of grief that has hit here in Canada with the plane going down with over 60 people that were Canadians. So I want to take this moment to acknowledge all the grief that we are feeling and we experience grief vicariously when we see things on the news and when it hits us as a country. So let's take a moment in just, you know, a couple of seconds and pause and just remember those beautiful souls. So I want to thank you for being here today. I want to especially thank the Survival Radio Network for bringing such great content to the audience and Our show tonight is we're going to talk about brain fog and really about the grief brain. And there's actually something called the grief brain. Um, People talk about it when after they have children, call mommy brain. And when we grieve and when we've experienced loss and trauma, it affects our whole entire being. Tonight we have a very special guest who is a certified hypnotherapist. She's a metaphysical reverend. She is a spiritual life coach, an intuitive, and a wonderful human being. And she will discuss tonight how you can utilize the power of your brain and how you can make things happen. She's the author of a book called Make Things Happen, using mindfulness and just using the power of brain to help us. So I want you to grab a tea, a coffee, a glass of wine, put on your comfy clothes, get some slippers on, get a blanket, and snuggle in and come back and let's listen to Janice and I discuss tonight our wonderful topic. You're listening to the Survival Radio Network and you're listening to Thank the Grief It's Friday. So come back soon. you felt satisfied with your career? When was the last time you were excited about your small business? If you have ever experienced any of these emotions, then you owe it to yourself to attend the Are You Climbing the Wrong Mountain Summit, October 18th and 19th, 2019 in New Orleans, Louisiana. This annual summit is in its fourth year of helping business professionals just like you gain clarity in their career field, increase productivity in their companies, and realize greater fulfillment in their life. Go to ClimbTheRightMountain.com and invest in your future today. Have you been recently discharged from your employer through no fault of your own? Or maybe you quit your job for good cause. If so, then you may be entitled to unemployment benefits. 
If you have been denied unemployment benefits, we can help. Give us a call today. As a prior administrative law judge, I am confident that I can assist you in collecting the unemployment benefits you rightfully deserve. Free initial consultation. Be sure to call Unemployment Appeal Consultants today at 850-228-3556. Proudly serving the Georgia, Florida, and Alabama area. Looking for a cafe with a home-like appeal where all who enter feel like they are part of something? Visit My Coffee Shop, located in East Lake, Atlanta, Georgia. MCS has a full breakfast and lunch menu, offering both hot and cold options, and is home of the amazing basil lemonade. But don't forget their assortment of freshly brewed coffees. Come on by at 2462 Memorial Drive, Atlanta, Georgia, 30317. We're pretty sure my coffee shop at East Lake will become your coffee shop, too. iDope, iDope, globally inspired vision stylewear. A fusion of classic heritage and contemporary sophistication. An essential part of your lifestyle and fashion expression. iDope, iDope, vision stylewear for the fashion forward and socially conscious. Let's make this a dope world together. iDope, iDope, available online at iDope.com. That's E-Y-E-D-O-P-E, iDope.com. The S-R-N. Welcome back. You're listening to Thanks to Friday on the Survival Radio Network. Tonight we're going to talk about grief brain and we're going to talk about how grief impacts us. And even though that grief is an emotional response to a loss and it's a universal response, how individuals experience the symptoms of grief varies vastly. Grief affects our entire being and there's a lot of scientific research that shows that it affects our brain and it affects certain part of our brain that the frontal lobe and the amygdala, which is responsible for emotions and stress response. You know this if you're grieving. You know that there's a difference. You experience something that's different with your mind and your 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 body and you may not realize it, but as I look back on the 11 years of my grief story, um, I realized that, and as I studied grief, that my whole entire being was affected. So tonight we're going to focus on how our brain is affected and how our spiritual being is affected. And I have a wonderful guest tonight who is a reverend. She's a metaphysical reverend. And um, she's a certified hypnotherapist, and she's been in her own personal journey, and she discovered holistic care that opened up a whole new journey for her. Um, She calls herself a spiritual growth facilitator, and as I said, she's a certified hypnotherapist, Reiki master, and a metaphysical minister. Let's welcome Reverend Janice Chrysler. Hi, how are you tonight? So nice to be on your show, Ophelia. So nice to have you here. Mm-hmm. I, I, can't wait to, I can't wait to have this discussion with you. So let's jump right in. So, okay. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about your path and how you became a certified hypnotherapist. Oh, well, it's like anyone who kind of awakens, I guess. You end up going down a path you never, ever thought. Twenty years ago, if someone said that that I'd be on a talk show or that I'd especially talking about um, metaphysical-type things or about the mind and all of this, I'd say, yeah, you're crazy. Uh, (laughs) But but I, I really feel, like many, that I've been on my spiritual journey since day one i can remember as a young child always asking the big questions about why am i here and where am i to go and and inside i always felt i had a spiritual path i just didn't know what that meant at the time and just how life throws things some some things at you it was just basically through my own um uh physical uh 
illness, I'll say. It wasn't anything super major, but it was enough that I had to make lifestyle changes that led me in the direction of going to a natural path, which led led me to looking at how the mind-body-spirit works together. Um, I ended up having to change jobs, and synchronicities put me with someone who became my Reiki master. Um, and so that set me on a whole different path that I didn't even know was there. And after doing that for a couple of years, I realized that when I was working with people that I was getting messages for them. So my own intuition was opening up more. And I was seeming to be focusing not so much on their physical issues, but going deeper than that, what was the emotional and spiritual thing that was perhaps off or lacking or they were needed healing with because that's the understanding then that when you hold on to things and grief is such um, a huge component in that if we hold on to that think we can tuck it away um it manifests at some point in disease of the body. So I just kind of like one thing just kind of led me into another, and I'm still learning and growing now with all the people I see and uh, places I go and people I talk to. You know, it's just never-ending. That is and, awesome. Yeah. Go ahead. You are going to say so something? I just going to say when it, with, with the matter of grief, too, until we, like, we're all going to go through grief of some whether it's a loss of a loved one or it could be a relationship that fell apart, that's a form of grieving as well. Um, we could perhaps lose a job, especially if that job has been something that we identify ourselves with and then all of a sudden it's gone. It's like, who are we? And there's a grieving period there too. There's, as you know, so many different forms of it. But if we don't face it or learn to learn how to deal with it not so much get rid of it but to embrace it and learn from it that's when i find that there's a lot of other things happen uh, and a person may not even trace it back to the grief unless they take that time to really do some self-evaluating i remember the first biggest loss that i had as far as um someone close to me was my mother-in-law when she passed away and of course we were all having our tears and and my husband and I were in the car coming home and and I remember I said to him that I'm really grateful that I feel this bad and he kind of looked at me and but I said because that means I love somebody this much and I realized then that in order in order to appreciate that love I had to feel the grief and to yes. me, it was a form of honoring it. Yeah, because um, I tell people, and when I do talks and talk to people, um, mm-hmm. and I find that this comforts them. I look at grief now um, because you know hindsight is always twenty twenty, as they say. It's perfect. But I look at, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I look at grief now, and when I say this, I find some people are comforted by it. Grief is love, and we are learning. Um, well, grief is another word for love, and I, I like looking at grief as that way because in just what you said, the deepest pain that we have around something indicates that that something sometimes has negatively impacted our life or positively. Mm-hmm. And with, you know, with someone dying, it's both. It's the, we're negatively impacted by their death, but we have all this love for them, and we were able to show that love from the physical, and that's all we knew from because they were alive in the physical being. And now right. they're not with us physically, and we still have all this love, but we mm-hmm. don't know what to do with it. And I right. tell people that's what you're learning to to do. That's the new walk you're you are experiencing. It, you're learning how to love someone and have all this love but you don't and find a new way to walk with it right it and sometimes i think people um feel that because they're grieving that they've lost someone that um they have to lose all that love um, yeah. and so it's it's we have that's where the mind comes in to understand that our subconscious mind holds all of our memories. It doesn't really judge them as to whether they're good or bad or what they are. They just know that you have this 
a certain memory and you have this emotion attached to it. Now, sometimes there's not the greatest memories in there. For example, if someone's grieving because of a loss of a, uh, say, a partnership, a relationship has fallen apart, um, they could have very good reasons that they needed to get out of that. But they still go through a grieving because there's that sense of guilt, a sense of failure, um, and there was love there at one time, and they had to let that go uh, for love of self, perhaps. So there's all that healing that has to go on as well. But we store all of those memories in our subconscious mind. So sometimes we don't think we have the power to come out of that darkness, but we do. And it's like we have to honor and embrace the darkness, the end of our day, with the understanding and knowing that the sun's going to rise tomorrow and it'll be a new day and we'll have the light again. And so I think with grieving, it's something like that. If we can honor it and know that it's a part of our journey, we can embrace it. We can spend some time in it, but we won't. But we have the choice whether we stay there or whether we turn around and we we let the light in and learn from that and and then carry on. We don't have to let go of the positive. We can hold on to that. What we hold on to is totally up to us. And it's sometimes just not understanding that we do have that power. Yeah, and um, for some people, and I totally agree agree with that, um, I know for some people, you know, who might be listening, you may not you may not be there, but mm-hmm. I, I let you know. And some people may think this is too hard; it's too difficult. Um, and I totally get that because, you know, as you know, grief hits you so powerfully, and there's so many stages. But for for I look at this as that I have a I have a cousin who recently lost his. Um, I don't want to use the word lost. His mm-hmm. wife um, has passed away and has died, um, and young woman, I, I'm, I'm going to say they're in their early 30s, so he's a young widow, right? Mm-hmm. Um, widower. I always get them confused. Widower, widow. Guess, yeah. Widower, yes. And, you know, and as I'm listening to his story, it is so painful, and I and I can't even imagine um, what they're, what someone is going through. I mean, I... I, I know my own grief, and I really feel that as people are in pain and they're talking about that pain, as you talked about, deep within them there's a little bit of a light mm-hmm. for some mm-hmm. people, you know, and for all, because I always tell people and I say to say to people, if you, even though you're in pain, you wake up tomorrow and you choose to stay on this earth, Mm-hmm. That exactly. is still a, that's a little bit of hope, right? Because it's your choice. Because and every day a little have, bit more. And every day it's a little bit more. Every day it's a little bit more. And and I wanted to I want us to talk to you about the power of the mind. So mm-hmm. as that's happening, and how you were talking about the subconscious mind. So someone is in deep pain. Is there something in our mind that's helping us, even though we're in a lot of pain? to maybe move, naturally move towards the light or move towards a place of healing? Is that is that something that um, as humans that we sort of have within us that we naturally want to feel better? I think we do. It's um, just, again, it, it kind of goes back to your... Um, um, I was not personality isn't the right word, but you know some people are more positive and um more open minded and and really do want to uh, and empowered they believe they can make changes they believe they can do this, and even at that moment might not feel that way, but like you you mentioned that it's a knowing that in there the light's in there somewhere, and the, like in my book, I talk about knowing that we true joy is knowing no matter how rough a time we're going through we know it's in there and we we will feel it again and it's taking the worst time in our life and at the moment to say this to someone i wouldn't because they don't want to hear it but there is always something positive that you can take from that situation and and for myself what i have found and what i use with my clients is we're going to change especially when it's a death we're going to not focus on the death we have to start live um 
looking at that person's life. What did their life mean to you? What are some positive memories you have of that person? So now when you think of them, you're not going to think of their their death. You're going to think of what you gained from their life and the contribution it was with you. And eventually, that is what the mind is going to to uh, trigger uh, that kind of response within you when you think of that person you'll have that feeling of love you'll have that positive memory um, it's all going on in your subconscious mind you won't even realize it's happening but you'll be having that instead of remembering the sorrow because you want to associate something good with that person at least I do if it's a loved one that's passed I want to remember all the the love and the good things, not just the grieving part of it. So you can, over time, switch your brain to make that connection, and then your body will respond with that feeling of pleasure and that feeling of joy. So maybe we can talk a little bit about how our subconscious mind, so the audience can um, understand it. So how would you define, basically, the, the, the aspects of our minds, like different parts of our mind, like the conscious and the subconscious? Yeah. How are they... I lo- yeah, I like to give the um, kind of a comparison to an iceberg. Um, the top of the iceberg may look big, but really the the mass of it is under the water. You don't see right. it. So when we, if we think of that as our mind, the top part of it is our conscious mind. That's what we're using right now when we talk and we look around and we're taking information in, and that. Um, and we throw the ego in there, too. It's the one that judges and um, has our fears and everything else. That goes on, we'll say, in our waking moments. As, and we need that because we need to take information in. Our subconscious mind, like that iceberg that has, has all of it, is under water, that's a bigger part of our mind because that holds all of our memory from this lifetime, past lifetimes, it has cell memory in there, brings over right from the time we're born, it it brings memories with us. It's what tells our heart to beat and when to breathe. It's a good thing it remembers all those things and just automatically does them. Also already built in there is things like when we do deep breathing, the muscles in our body relax. We through meditation, hypnosis, those sorts of things and mindfulness, you can train yourself even more so so that when you take those deep breaths and exhale, you know your body is going to relax. But it actually is already set up to do that. We just need to awaken that in our memories. So when something happens to us, whatever it it is, um, our conscious mind takes it in, our subconscious mind stores it, similar to the data on your computer. It just chucks it away in files, and then when um, when you go to hit a certain uh, tab on your keyboard, a certain function will come up on your computer screen. And so with your subconscious mind, it's got all these triggers. You hit one of those triggers, and you automatically respond in that way. So... But we do have the capability of changing that. That's powerful. I like that analogy about the iceberg. It's sort of mm-hmm. like we it's sort of so much stuff's going on under the surface, right? Yeah, uh, we just have so much going on. We don't even and we, that we don't consciously we're not aware of it. So, tell me how hypnotherapy works and how it it, it can impact and help us to with our subconscious mind. Like, how does that help someone to move through some difficult things? Yeah. So um, when a client comes in, um, usually my procedure, and I think it's pretty basic um, for everyone that does this, is, of course, you have a talk to find out, to get a feel for where the person, um, what's going through their life. A lot of times, too, I find that even when a person thinks they're over their grief, Uh, something else will come up that will, again, put a trigger. And so the the subconscious mind will say, okay, when this happened before, you were grieving and this is how you felt. So they could all of a sudden, they may come to me and say, well, I just have this feeling of loneliness and I don't know why. But it could be traced back to something 
that happened, a loss of a loved one or, like I said before, even a loss of a job or something like that. So in hypnosis what we do is um, the actual procedure for the hypnosis is uh, for the person to become very relaxed. So we go through a, a deep breathing exercises to relax the body and uh, they have their eyes closed and they become very physically relaxed. The conscious mind is now at rest. It's aware of my voice and sounds around it, but not paying any attention to it. So we put them in the theta stage of the brain waves, which is what we're like just before sleep. So a lot of times uh, people have experienced that where you think you're awake, but you're really not. You hear a noise, but you can't move. It's kind of scary right, sometimes, right. but that's that yes. theta <laughs> stage. <laughs> yeah, so, I, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, so but but we put them in there, and it's not scary when they're doing it because I've had people say to me, I'm not sure. If, I didn't think I was being hypnotized because I was aware of everything, but then when at the end when they go to come out of it, they realize how relaxed they were. And But it's because the conscious mind never really um, goes to sleep. It's still taking in sounds and things, but not enough to care. <laughs> and, right. Uh, so when they're so relaxed like that, though, that's when they can access it's like going back into the filing room into their subconscious mind and they start bringing out emotions memories and um through with the help of um visualization i may have them you know imagine you're walking down a path and it's just always to help the client get into that uh, subconscious mind so once we're in there and they start talking about what they're feeling what they're experiencing and I'd say 95% of the time people are surprised at what comes up um, because it's not at all what they thought was bothering them or why it was um, a lot of times as you know when um, people are grieving one of the things is that they never they don't feel like they got to say what they wanted to say at the end or um you know there's maybe like mentioned before like there might be guilt there you know all kinds of things so these sorts of things come up so then before i bring them out of the hypnosis we do some healing work where i've had them create for themselves a safe place and we kind of go back into that memory and, and okay imagine now you that you're there and you're able to say to them what you've always wanted to say and that can be very emotional but it's very healing because they need to get that out and right. um a lot of times you know it's what do you think they would say to you and it's like they hear them talking back to them and it's so emotional but it is that's just what they need they need to get that information out and they need to to face it and to deal with it and and by deal with it I, I that almost is too hard a word i don't really mean that it's something like sweeping the floor and you get rid of it but it's it's uh, again kind of embracing it and being okay with it and um then putting the power into their court that okay it's okay to feel this way but I don't want. I want to feel pleasure now. So now I'm going to substitute that feeling of guilt or whatever it is with. I maybe felt that way, but I I am worthy. I don't need to feel that way. I am worthy to feel love, and I can take love from this situation now. And so it's. Um, it it just seems like we need to get the conscious mind out of the way, so that we can go right to the root issue, and deal with it. So if um. Someone is grieving, and let's say they don't have access to um, hypnotherapy, or like they're saying, oh, I don't know. What are some things that they can do, or that you can suggest that helps them? Because people get stuck in their emotions, as you know. And, oh yes. Uh, right, and I do believe yep. that some people, because of history or whatever, or so many different things, um, and you know, when I talk to them, they they feel stuck. They just don't know what to do. And how, what are some things that you can suggest for them if they're feeling stuck and they want to do some things on their own, some simple things? What are some things that they can do that they can move through this feeling of being stuck? Well, one thing, I, of course, I um, 
a meditation facilitator, and I think meditation is the answer for everything because that uh, to start even with just 10 minutes a day, and if it's only just the deep breathing, because we need to um, just being able to control your breath and relax your body so that you you are more focused and you are more aware of how your body feels, you're aware of your emotions. A lot of it is with grieving, I find, is that, like you mentioned earlier, it affects all of us, and people don't always think of that. So the more we're aware of our own body, how it feels, know how we can relax, it, that's a very good place to start. Then I find, like, journaling is, um, I think people underestimate the power of the pen, <laughs> Um to just write down how you feel. Be totally honest. If you need to write down there, I'm totally angry that they died because now it's left me all alone. You know, write that down. And then you can look at that and think, oh, it's my being alone that's upset me. You know, it kind of comes back to how it's affecting us. So, but I find getting it out of the head and onto the paper helps to release it. And then... If when you get that done, well, that might be something that you don't necessarily want to go back and read again. Um, I find it's good to have a ritual at the end of that. When you feel that you've got everything written down that you want written down, simply take it out in your backyard in the fire pit or the barbecue and set it on fire with the intent that you're releasing what no longer serves you and you're open to receive joy in your life. And even if you still don't 100% feel you're ready for that yet, make that your intention and and put your awareness there, and it will grow and it will change. We're ritualistic by nature, and to do these little things like this, I find are very beneficial. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I know, like looking back, I know what got me through my grief because as you were talking about it, sometimes... It's not the grief that you think that you're grieving that's really causing the pain. As you sometimes you get deeper and deeper and starting to understand it, it could be comp- compounded grief. It could be like are you saying you you're just so sad you're missing the person, but you're the the biggest grief is that you're scared of being alone. And I remember mm-hmm. somebody had said something to me. I was oh I was taking my grief course and and um, as the facilitator the trainer was speaking, they said. With grief, you know, if you're working with people, the whole goal is to get them to a point where they're focusing, where they can get themselves to focus on the years that Mm -hmm. they've been with this person, the person has lived, not on the day or the moment that they die. And I, that for me was the beginning of my healing Mm -hmm. because what it did for me was, and as you understand as a hypnotherapist, it was probably for me getting into more of my subconscious brain and because my mom's saying always like her mantra anything any anything ever negative ever happened or she's going through something i used to hear since as a child and she would share it with friends never let anybody steal your joy i didn't mm-hmm. and that slowly started to come back but i realized that that thought was deep within my subconscious mhm right so it was that I was, you know, as you're speaking, I was saying, oh, so maybe that thought was deep within my con- subconscious because I've heard it probably since I was in the womb. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> and um, I think for me that that thought was literally what saved me through all the different various grief because there was, for me, there was an ability that I subconsciously I, I never went well, I did go very deep, but it was that little, like, it's sort of like you're going, you're going, you feel like you're going to fall off the planet, but there was, that was my safety net. Right. Yeah, right. and I think that, you know, what you said was really powerful that um, when you were talking about that the brain and our subconscious can really help us to get to that place of healing and that journaling and mindfulness. So if someone has never tried journaling, has never tried mindfulness or any form of meditation, what are mm-hmm. some simple things that you can suggest for them to just dip their baby toe into the mindfulness <laughs> meditation water? 
<laughs> yeah. Well, I know one of the things that um, so many people will say is, oh, I tried it once and it didn't work. Um, no, <laughs> it, you have to try it more than once. And there really is no right or wrong way. I think that's a misconception people have. They're afraid they're not going to do it right. Some people are afraid of what might come through when they're doing that. Oh. It's you know you're you're um, it's the same with even coming for therapy or anything. They know that they need some help with this, but there's that fear factor of well, what if I don't like what I find out about me or about someone else or there's just a little too much work to do here. They'd rather just tuck all the stuff away and just not think about it but at some point it's going to come out so i found the easiest thing as i tell people is it, it start with just a couple of minutes even and that that doesn't sound like a long time and it's not a long time but just sit and do some simple deep breathing and as you're breathing in say to yourself i am breathing in and when you exhale i am breathing out so now you're using the I am breathing in and I am breathing out like a mantra. So that helps you to stay focused on your breath and not think about what you want to have for dinner. <laughs> so um, um, so if you only did that, even set a timer for a couple of minutes, and you'll be surprised at how relaxed you can be just in that length of time. And then the next time you do it, do it a little longer. So a little self-hypnosis to do is to add on to that now. You've you've taken these deep breaths in and you feel your body relaxing. Then just use your fingers as counters. Um, say to yourself, every day, in every way, I get better and better. And you just do that, touch, press down on each finger so that you know you're going to say that ten times. And the best time to do this is just before you go to sleep at night, you're in bed, you've taken a few deep breaths, you feel your body begin to relax, and then you, you do this, say to yourself, every day, in every way, I get better and better. And just allow your, you don't have to specify how you're getting better. It could be physically, emotionally, uh, whatever it is. You're just allowing yourself that your mind and body and spirit are going to know where you need it, and you're just trusting that you are getting better in even the smallest of ways. And if you do that every night before you go to sleep, you're already starting to program your brain to be receptive to positive things and changes in your life. Oh, you're totally relaxing me. Relax, relax. See, I can't even speak. You're totally (laughs) relaxing me. (laughs) No, I'm not. I'm just thinking about this, and and I love it because I'm... I feel that that you said something that's really powerful because I really believe that people complicate meditation, as you said. We try Mm -hmm. it once, so I tried it once, and, you know, your brain starts thinking about what you had, the chocolate that you want, really want, (laughs) and we don't try it again. But yet that there are so many things in our lives, um, like, for instance, we, we learn how to drive. It doesn't, not exactly. the first time that you, or you get on a bike. you like, so many times I fell off my bike before I actually got it, or I failed my driving test twice before I actually got my license. And um, it is so important for us to keep trying. But I think that you really captured it very simply uh, about the breathing and about saying every day in every way I'm getting better and better. So as somebody is doing that, what is happening with their subconscious? What is, well, it is, what is going it's, on? It's actually taking that that thought in because now when we're lying there, as I mentioned before, when we close our eyes and we start to focus on the breath, that's relaxing the conscious mind. So it's not interfering and trying to analyze why you're doing this. It might the first few times. If you're like me and you tend to be a bit analytical and philosophical and want to <laughs> wondering the whys of everything, but if you just allow yourself to go, then that that's just registering with your subconscious mind. So now it's you've created this trigger that when you press your fingers together and you're saying those words, you feel relaxed, you feel positive, and you're opening to receive. And that's just going to start... Um, where actually after a while that you could be um, awake and perhaps you're in a 
stressful situation. Maybe you start to feel that the pains of grieving, something has happened that's triggered that. And you can just press your fingers together and you think that every day and every way I'm getting better and better. And your body will automatically begin to relax because you've trained it to have that reaction to those words and to that pressing on your fingers. So it's um, it's it's a, a stress relief um, for you in any situation, but especially when you're dealing with something painful and and going through the grieving process. That that your body, you, that's a tool you can use when you're not even meditating, because now you've created that trigger in your subconscious mind, and it'll just know. Like I said, when you push your finger together, those words are going to come to you, and you're just going to feel yourself relax. And Simple. that, yeah, that is that is amazing because I, I also think, and you can, um, people can also do the other way. Can we also create negative, conscious thoughts in our minds and our subconscious? Almost and definitely. And I don't know why humans seem to want to go that route. Um, a lot of times, people are negative thinkers and don't even. Uh, aren't aren't aware that they are. They think they're pretty positive, but yet the words coming out of their mouth don't really reflect that. So we have to be conscious of the words we speak. And um, even more so when we're trying to build ourselves up and manifest anything in our life, whether it's um, something physical or a, a new or a better emotional state, um, we have to speak positively. We can't use all these negative words. The brain doesn't register them. So if, for example, if we're, if we're fo- whatever we focus on, that becomes a reality. So the more we focus on the grieving, the, the sadness of it, we'll stay in that circle. Now, not to say it's not there. I think we should, like I said, we're here to experience all emotions. And and we do need to allow ourselves that time. But we also, there comes a point where it's, okay, I am choosing to stay in this cycle. And I have my life to lead. So I am choosing now to be in joy and love. And I need to start getting out of that and to get out of to get into that place, you have to focus on those things. So that's why I was mentioning with the hypnosis, we replaced, like you said, that you're not going to focus on that that time of death. You're going to focus on all the all the time before that, um, and all the memories, the positive memories that you have, to start bringing you out of there. Um, too many people um, will uh, stay in. I call it the victim mode or the poor me, and it's um, they kind of blame perhaps someone's death on why they can't do anything else in their life. And for that, for some times, that may be true. You feel that way, and there may be limitations to some things you can do, but there's so much you you can do, and you you got to cut the cord to that that negative memory that's keeping you back. Because really it's our fear of failure, it's our fear of moving ahead, again, that fear of being alone, and those are really those are really the things that are negative and they're keeping them back, not so much the actual death or the loss that we've suffered. It's the fear associated with moving forward, <laughs> yeah, and I think that has that is really um what grief uh, summarized. There is a fear because and a lot of guilt and sometimes shame that mm-hmm. um, the day of that person's death, that was maybe the end of your life as you knew it. And now life is going on around you, but you want to always go back. So as I'm listening to this, um, hypnotherapy can sort of galvanize our subconscious mind into a place of healing because we can sort of reprogram some of those thoughts. Is that sort of what you are saying, that it can help you? 
Yes, definitely. That that's the purpose of it is to to reprogram. It doesn't mean that you're going to forget anything. It does. Some people have the misconception of hypnosis that they're going to come in. I'm going to put them in a trance. They're not going to be aware okay. of anything that goes on, and um, that they're going that I'm going to be able to get in there and make them think things or get rid of things. It isn't a that isn't how it works. <laughs> it okay. it's a tool that assists the client. It's always in their hands, very right. conscious of everything that's going on. Um, it's just that, like I said, you're in that relaxed state where you are more open. And, um, I mean, talking to someone can be very difficult f- for some people. But if they're sitting there with their eyes closed, <laughs> you know, somehow I'm not looking at you so it's easier. And they're, they're, when they're relaxed, they're more sometimes uh, more honest, uh, with yes. what they're saying, they've let their they let their um, their guards down and their walls yeah. down for a moment, and that shining hope of healing can come in. So as mm. we're coming up to wrap up to our conversation, um, tell uh, our audience how they can connect with you. Tell them a little bit about your book, make it happen. And um, if they want to learn a little bit more about connecting with you, what's the best way to do that? Well, they can visit my website. The name of my business is Mindful Journey. So I'm at www.mindfuljourney.ca. I list all my services. I have a blog on there, a shop on there that they can order uh, my book, make it happen, and it is right now I have a special on. It's the, it's actually the fourth year that it's been out. I can't believe it's been that long. Um, wow. So the e-book right now is uh, six ninety nine and $2 of that I donate to the Paths of Courage Retreat, uh, which is a center that um, offers a week-long retreat for uh, survivors of sexual abuse. And I'm fortunate to be a... Um, meditation facilitator there one day one evening of that week and i have met such amazing people there who have gone through um and and grieving is part of that as well because it's very confusing when you've had uh, someone who's abused you and then passed away and the mixed feelings that come with that you know so they have shared some stories with me that have taught me so much so i want like this is my way of giving back to them so that can be ordered through my website and um, i also am on facebook again under mindful journey or look me up janice chrysler and that's that's me i'm also having a second book coming out probably later this year called sally's closet yeah called sally's closet and it's about what we're talking about here too about how we tuck things away i think we can um just forget about them and then one day they all come out and kind of fall all around us and make a big mess <laughs> so uh, and then you got to sort it all title. out and put it all back in again <laughs> i love the title so when it comes out i want you to come back on thank the grief it's friday and we can talk more about that book so thank you so much Thank you for being for being here tonight. I know the audience when who is listening live and when we do the replay will get a lot out of this. So thank you for being here and I hope we can come back and have a conversation soon. Anytime. I love talking with you and all the best in 2020. You too. Happy New Year. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. You're listening to Thank the Grief It's Friday. We're going to take a short break and listen to our wonderful sponsors, and we'll come back and I'll wrap up the show. So come back soon. Go take a little break for yourself, and we'll be right back. a content creator, social media socialite, influencer, or simply love to record current events, you need the joystick. The joystick is an essential tool for every type of digital content creator. It holds two or more mobile phones or tablets, 
allowing users to stream and record hands-free on multiple apps simultaneously. And it's lightweight and portable. For more information or to purchase your joystick today, visit our website at www.joystick.com. Do you have tax issues, owe back taxes, or need tax relief? Contact L&B Tax Service today. L&B offers you over 15 years of expertise and first-class tax service for individuals, professionals, and business owners. With nationwide service, you can easily find a location near you. Contact one of our tax professionals through our website, lbtaxservice.com. That's www.lbtaxservice.com. L&B Tax Service Incorporated. Tax professionals that you can trust. Do you have a business, product, service, or an event coming up? Is your current marketing getting you nowhere? Survival Radio Network is an award-winning network with over 1 million downloads. We're offering high-exposure 30-second spots on our network, reaching diverse demographics both locally and nationwide. Give us a call at 323-977-8172 or visit our website at www.survivalradionetwork.us today. SRN. We do radio. The S-R-N. Friday on the Survival Radio Network. Had a wonderful conversation with Reverend Janice Chrysler, and we're talking about the mind and the power of the mind. And as we wrap up tonight, I want to remind you that you're a beautiful being and that as you are experiencing whatever grief and loss, know that you are in control. Sometimes we feel that we've lost power. And grief can make us feel that way. And it's okay to feel that way. But I'm going to remind you that grief is a natural response to a loss, but it's also individual. So as we were discussing tonight, if you are feeling stuck, if you're feeling the weight of it, if you're listening to this show Maybe there is a small glimmer of a a light that's called hope. And within that small glimmer of hope, you and your place of healing wants to be healed. I want to remind you, as you find a way to lighten the pressure and the weight of your sadness does not and in no way does it mean that you're forgetting about your loved ones. What you are doing is that you're moving into this space where you can breathe. You're moving into this space of duality, of missing your loved one, but celebrating them at the same time. It will take time. Each person is different and each person is unique. This show is all about understanding and being there for you in sometimes the most loneliest times. When someone dies, their life is celebrated. People get together, hundreds, thousands of people, depending on the person, who they are. And then we grieve individually Maybe even if you're full and you have your family and the kids or whatever, when you're in that bed, you feel might feel alone if it's your spouse. Um, there are moments when you simply feel alone. And this is why I created Thank the Grief It's Friday, to help you to not feel alone, to help you to know that there is hope And it's okay if you're slowly starting to feel the pressure off your heart. It's okay if you're saying, I can breathe again. It's okay if you're questioning and you're wanting to feel better. You will not forget your loved one. 
I believe, and this is just my opinion, that's your subconscious, that's your soul, that is the love of life telling you it's time to move through your grief. And as we move through our grief, we allow our grief to move through us. And as grief moves through us, it transforms us. And as we're speaking tonight and saying every day in every way, I'm getting better and better. And you take a breath. Every day in every way, I'm getting better and better. You don't need to understand how you're getting better and better. You may not want to believe it, but you're giving yourself the permission for the possibility. As we move through our grief, second by second, minute by minute, hour by hour, and then day by day, and as you are allowing yourself to move through it, and you're allowing yourself to honor it. You're honoring that sadness because you cared and loved that person so much. As you get to that place, knowing now that you will never forget them, knowing now that they will always be a part of you, and what you are learning, and it can take years for you to get there, But every day, in every way, you are getting better and better. And the better and better is understanding that grief is another word for love. And you're learning how to love them without their physical being. It will never be that you will forget them. And I really believe that you will always have a sense of sadness that they're not with you. But that sadness, as you allow yourself to be transformed, the sadness becomes part of your fabric of your life. And I share my story of my mom as I think of her not being here and not being here with the experience. I feel sad, but I remember her life, and I feel that she is here. And I laugh, and as I see my my niece dancing, I would say, oh, my mom would like it. This has taken me a long time to get in this space. I don't judge it, but it's a fabric. I feel both of those opposing emotions at the same time. And it has become the fabric of my life. And it brings me joy. Because where I am right now, and my whole wish for you, my prayer for you, is that you are able to get there one minute at a time, one day at a time, one month one year, one decade, that you get to a place where your grief becomes the fabric of your life, where you remember your loved one with bittersweet and loving memories. You miss them. You honor them. You do the rituals that you need to move through it. And you also celebrate life because the one thing that I have known that grief has taught me that life is precious. Prior to my mom's death, that was something I said with my conscious mind. Through my grief healing and my transformation, I believe it with my subconscious mind. Life is precious. Life is a gift. And the legacy that your loved one can offer you now is to live. You may not be feeling it now, and that's okay. Be where you are, but you are choosing every day to live. You control your life. Every day that you wake up, you're choosing to live. And know that's a glimmer of hope. That's your loved one wanting you to live. Because if the shoe badly was on the other foot, you would want your loved one to live. So celebrate life. Know that you have within you the power to move through this. If you are in a dark place, seek support in your community. 
I thank you for listening, and I want to honor you for your strength and your bravery for taking this grief that you are feeling and trying to understand it, and every day you're doing your best, and that's all you need to do. So know that in every day, in every way, you're getting better and better. You have been listening to Thank the Grief Fits Friday on the Survival Radio Network. Join me here next Friday at 11.30 p.m. where we have brave conversations about grief and loss. Have a beautiful week, a beautiful weekend, and Happy New Year. Oh!